0: Welcome in to the BetUS College Football Show. It is week number 10, and we have got a couple of monster SEC matchups this week. I am your host, Gary Seegers. You can follow me on Twitter, at GaryWCE. And let's go ahead and bring in the experts, because we want to go ahead and get to the games. We'll start off on the left side of your screen, Parker Fleming, at Stats of War on Twitter. The numbers guy, I call him the numerical guru, Parker uh, crazy week last week. Some close, close games to the spread. Uh, how are you feeling about this coming week?
1: You know, again, TC one, so I can't complain too much. Although I'm very mad at USC for not just getting a fourth down stop and saving my saving my record this weekend. But uh, feeling good about this week. I feel like we've got um, for the first time all season. I think we're going to agree on some games, and so I'm kind of interested to see where our value kind of lines up. But there, there, there's some powerhouse matchups, very top heavy. Some very good, uh, good games to talk about this week.
0: You have certainly got that right on the right side of your screen. Of course, Kyle Hunter, our award-winning professional handicapper, he is at KyleHunterPicks on Twitter. Kyle, yeah, it's uh, it's it's getting into November, of course, first weekend in November. The season is rapidly coming to an end, and yet we are still finding value. All the data points that we have gathered, uh, lots of unders, lots of, you know, it, it, this is what we get when we get late in the conference season, right?
2: Absolutely. Yeah, the the games get even more important and uh, you need to check the weather even more. So I'll be talking about the weather quite a bit, I'm sure. But uh, looking forward to these games. There's some uh, some huge games and then some under the radar games. And we kind of like that mixture.
0: Oh, you have certainly, certainly got that right. Let me go ahead and let everybody know to go ahead and like the video for us, if you would so kindly. Uh, Quite a few people watching already. Go ahead and hit that like button. It's the little thumbs up that is underneath the video that helps us out as far as algorithms and all the computer background stuff. So go ahead and hit that. Make sure that you are subscribed to the channel. We hit 10,000 uh, last week, I believe it was. Uh, it feels like a long time ago, even though I know it wasn't. But yes, we, we hit 10,000. So go ahead and hit subscribe if you have not already, because I know that there are a lot of you that are watching the videos that are not subscribed. So go ahead and do that. If you can't join us live every Tuesday and Wednesday at 1 p.m. Eastern time, there is, of course, the podcast. That is the BetUS football show on all of your favorite podcast apps. We would recommend Apple and Spotify, but only because you can actually review us over there and we would appreciate those five star reviews there. Gentlemen, let's go ahead and recap what we have done thus far on the season. Last week, not our best week, but pretty good. Uh, I went four and three, Parker three and four, Kyle two and two. So overall, nine and nine last week. Overall on the season, I'm sitting at 36-20 and two. Kyle is 20 and 17. Parker 29-27 and one. That brings us to an overall record of 85-64 and three. That is 57.05 percent against the number. And gentlemen, that ain't bad. That ain't bad, especially this late in the year. I uh, I feel good about things. I really do. Let's move into the games. We've only got six on the docket for today, but that means a longer Tennessee-Georgia preview, and a longer Q&A. So toss in your questions into the chat. We are looking forward to talking about really as many games as we possibly can. So let's start off with a little Pac-12 action on Friday night. Oregon State heads to Washington. Washington, a four-point favorite at home in Husky Stadium. The total sits at 57. Of course, latest numbers at BetUS. 10.30 p.m. Eastern Time on ESPN2. So late game for the East Coast. Just a perfect primetime spot on a Friday night in Seattle. Oregon State won last year, 27 to 24, in Corvallis. Oregon State one and nine straight up, uh, four and six against the spread, but they are three and zero against the spread at Washington. So, yeah, maybe a little bit of a trend towards Oregon State in this spot. Kyle, I'm going to start with you here. Uh, the Oregon State defense has improved. They're now number 32 in defensive success rate, number 20 in PPA margin. Uh, the quarterback has really been more than decent. He's actually been a pretty good quarterback. The freshman running back, Damian Martinez, nearly 300 rushing yards in the last two games. Washington has a defensive problem. How much of that gets shored up just simply by playing at home? Is it a home road split that we're seeing here? What, what do you see in this matchup? I'm going to start out with putting my
2: uh, weather hat, so to speak, on Friday at kickoff here, the National Weather Service calling for 18 miles per hour wind, gusts to 25 miles per hour, and 80% chance of rain. So could get kind of nasty for this game. Obviously, we have a good amount of time before the game, so pay attention to the weather between now and then. Um, I really thought about playing the under in this one uh, when it was sitting at 61. I maybe should have played the under just to bet back the over, if nothing else, but uh, you know, this one is tanked now four points, the total uh, Oregon State playing really slowly, 120th in tempo out of 131 teams chance. No one's back at practice, probably won't play this game. I don't know that it really matters who's a quarterback for Oregon State. I think these guys are pretty even. Uh, Goldbrinson's played pretty well. Uh, Marco Brewer, a really solid offensive lineman for Oregon State is out for the season with an injury now. Uh, I think that does hurt them a decent amount. Oregon State ranks ninth in PFF run blocking grade. That This will hurt them at least some. Uh, still a pretty good unit for sure. Washington's defense is kind of interesting because definitely the weakness is their secondary. They're by far worse than the run defense. The run defense is 65th in success rate allowed. 19th in yards per carry allowed, which is a pretty big split for sure. Maybe the weather will save them a bit here, uh, the Washington secondary, because it's a little bit harder to throw it around in that kind of weather. At the same time, I worry about the Washington uh, prolific passing offense that could be uh, definitely slowed down by this as well. So uh, Penix has been really good. Uh, This is a a game where I would have leaned Washington in a perfect weather game. I still lean the under here, uh, 57. You're getting a little bit tight. uh, But... Uh, Washington's offense, the, the question is, can they run the football? They're 100th at PFF in rushing offense. They're only averaging 3.72 yards per carry in Pac-12 play. So like I said, uh, given a normal game state, I would uh, want to take Washington. And uh, in a normal situation, I wouldn't lean to the under. But if this weather does come to fruition, that's certainly my lean.
0: That does make sense. As you mentioned, the Washington offense has been awesome, incredibly prolific. Number two in PPA per drive offense in the last five weeks. Uh, the defense, though, just absolutely putrid. Number 127 PPA per drive, uh, again, in those last five weeks. Uh, Parker, you look into, uh, you look at what they're actually doing. Uh, number 122 in PPA per pass, but they're number 61 in PPA per rush in the last five weeks on defense. I uh, can Pennix and the wide receivers, Odoons and McMillan, get off to maybe a fast start here? Uh, you know, obviously weather dependent, but if they get to a fast start, I don't know that Oregon State has the tools to really be able to keep up here.
1: Yeah, that's that's really what this looks to be as kind of a, a, a marathon, not a sprint. And I feel like Washington's better equipped for that. Of course, weather is a consideration. Um, but one thing to look at uh, on the season, Oregon State is fourth in rush rate over expected against, meaning that given just a basic set of down and distance and yard line, teams are passing a whole lot more against Oregon State, kind of trying to exploit that. But as you mentioned recently, they've been a little worse against the run. So this defense overall is is pretty good. I have them at 36th in EPA per play, but 86th in rushing uh, EPA per rush and 31st against the pass. I think that rushing has been, uh, rushing success specifically has been Washington's kind of Achilles heel on offense. I have them at 43rd in rushing success rate, but they're 16th in EPA per rush. Of course, that includes some scrambles. um, And I think that they should be able to kind of exploit that defense. Uh, The other thing that I really like here for Washington playing at home is that Oregon State does play really slow and they want to run the ball a lot. 107th in rush rate over expected. Um, They're 45th in rushing success rate, only 40th in EPA per rush. So the um, they're gonna wanna put together these sustained drives. They're not as explosive to kind of go pound for pound, shot for shot with Washington, uh, even against a relatively weak Washington defense. Uh, again, Washington's defense, 126th in EPA per pass, 85th in EPA per rush. So substantially better against the rush. And knowing that Oregon State doesn't like to pass very much, they're going to be able to shore up the box and and improve that rushing defense a little bit and not have to sacrifice any passing efficiency here. So Washington's offense is third overall in EPA per play. Um, I think that even even though their defense has been pretty bad, um, they'll be able to score to kind of keep them ahead of uh, of Oregon State here entirely. So um, getting this at four, I think that you're you're thinking – Washington has the firepower to just get that extra touchdown, get that extra score. Even if this does become a slugfest, last team with the ball wins, you can see a world where Washington, just through how they run their offense and how efficient and explosive it is, fifth in rush rate over expected, fifth in EPA per pass. should be able to compensate enough against a very run heavy Oregon state offense to keep this one out of reach. So I'm going to ride with the Huskies in Seattle. Um, I think that the, the weather only uh, only improves uh, the, the case for them, makes it a little uncomfortable for the visiting team. So give me the Huskies and give me the four.
0: I like it. I like what you're doing there. Let's make it official. Parker is going to ride Washington to cover four there. Just a little fundamental note to pay attention to. Oregon State number 99 in FBS in giveaways per game. Washington is number four. Washington does not turn the football over, uh, something that Oregon State has been taking advantage of from other teams. Oregon State also number 87 in penalties per game. Washington number 68. So eh, just something to pay attention to, but Parker is going to ride with the Huskies in this one. We're moving along to the Saturday slate, and don't worry, guys, we're going to hit Max in here in a little bit. Air Force minus seven with a total of 40 of course latest number at bet us against army this one of course in arlington texas uh, last year army won the game 21 to 14 but air force as a seven point favorite over army is uh, a little surprising until you really dive into the numbers army is four and one against the spread in their last five games against air force uh, the underdog in this matchup is a six and oh against the spread in the last six games Parker, I'm going to start with you here. Army has been, it looks significantly better since Jamel Jones took over at quarterback in the last two games. The offense is number three in PPA per rush uh, in the last five weeks. The defense, though, just a complete disaster. Uh, they are number 31, excuse me, 131, dead last in rushing success rate allowed, number 129 in stuff rate, number 126 in PPA per drive defense. It, I mean, it is really, really bad. But is there something maybe to the fact that they know what this offense is for Air Force? And Air Force has kind of been on the decline themselves. What, what do you see here? I mean,
1: how do you not take the underdog and the under in every service academy game? I'm sure that Kyle has a great trend for us here. It says, like, that's just how you make money these days. And so um, I, I obviously think situationally you've got to account for that. This is a fun example where, you know, like I, I do these aggregate numbers and they're pretty fine-tuned. But you get these service academy games, man, and stuff just gets weird and gets different. Um, Army, uh, a pretty big split on offense and on defense, 7th in EPA per play, 129th in, in EPA per play on defense. So they um, they are reflective of Air Force, kind of a big split, but Air Force is a little bit more compressed. They're 13th in, in EPA per play offense and 88th in EPA per play defense. So um, looking at how, I mean, these this is team 130 and 131 in rush rate over expected. I'm expecting maybe eight possessions for each team here, so the margins will be very thin. If you're gonna bet Air Force here, um, what you're gonna expect is that they're 41st, excuse me, they're fourth overall in EPA per pass compared to 119th uh, in EPA per pass allowed for Air Force's defense. Um, the way that Air Force uses the ball, they, they they get Brad Roberts super involved and then they set up that long pass and Haas Daniels has shown that he's able to to, to connect on that pretty well. Um, one, one reason to bet the, uh, on the other side, to bet the um, underdog here in Army is that Army is 16th in third and fourth down success uh, on offense. Almost 52% of the time they're converting on that on that series conversion rate. But Air Force is 90th on third and fourth downs. They're really good on early downs, 43 EPA per play, but they're really bad at third and fourth down. So if Army can get in those favorable situations, if they can extend drives and really lean on them, I think they have, have absolutely a shot to keep this close and keep this a dogfight. So the spot air force's um poor third down defense and army's good third down offense leads me to lean towards towards the underdog here
0: i tend to lean the exact same way uh we'll move over to kyle here and this looks like the best case scenario for army and maybe even for both of these teams is for it to have maybe 11 or 12 combined possessions in this ball game right just both teams able to drive on each other, extended drives. Everybody remembers the Navy drive that went 14 plays in 14 minutes or whatever it was, Uh, just bananas kind of stuff in these service academies games. Uh, Kyle, what are you seeing in in this matchup between the Falcons and, of course, uh, Army? Well, those academy
2: unders, you know, have to start out with that trend. It is just insane. You know, academy unders are whopping 42-9-1 in the last 52 games, 82.4% unders. Uh, these two teams, when they play each other, when you get Air Force, Army, Navy matching up with each other in any way, uh, really, the important thing that I want to say too is the unders have not really been close in most of these. You know, um, I think that's one thing that pe- some people overlook is the margin on covers on things like this because you know you could have an angle that looks really good, but they're covering by half a point or a point uh, way too often. If you see these unders that are cashing in really easily, obviously the odds makers are going to pay attention. That's why the number is 40 here. But it's been hard to set these low enough. Uh, I think uh, these matter quite a bit, especially when it comes to the margins. Uh, These two teams prep for the triple option every single day. You know, these two teams are ready for this. Uh, No doubt one of the main reasons that teams like Air Force, Army, and Navy have had some success in the last decade or two has been that their opponents really aren't ready for the triple option. You know, how they don't play against that usually. Well, which team is going to be ready for the triple option, the team that they're playing this week? So even though Army's defensive numbers are terrible this year, you know, it's hard for me to say, hey, Army's good here, Army's good. Uh, I, don't, I don't think that really matters here. I'm kind of tired of passing on these academy unders and just seeing them go, you know, 10 to 7, 17 to 10. Uh, I have to bet this one for something, guys. This is... Uh, seven of the last eight games between these two teams have had 30 points or fewer in, in regulation. So they haven't been close to this number and the highest scoring game in like the last 11 or 12, I think is 43 points. So we have a uh, spot where it looks like it could be really low. I think both of these teams are good at not giving up big plays. So I think you have the chance of that 12 or 13 minute drive in something like this. And if that thing ends in a field goal, what a win for the under betters, right? You know, you chew up that amount of time, you kick a field goal, you say, all right, let's move on. Uh, Sometimes there's even a turnover or something at the end of those. And that'd be really helpful. Uh, I see a 20 to 13 or 17 to 13 type game here. If I think it's going to be really low scoring, how could I not at least lean toward army? Uh, You know, seven points is quite a bit in a game like this. And like I said, I think both teams are well prepped for the other team. This is one of those bets guys that, if it loses, I feel okay about losing it. You know, it's just one of those, <laughs> I have to take it. You know, obviously I want to win. Uh, I'm just saying that some of those afterwards, you'll say, maybe I shouldn't have taken that. Uh, but after this one, if it loses, I'll feel okay about the fact that I took it because I think this angle is strong enough that you have to bet it for something. So I'll take the under.
0: I I can totally understand it. Kyle, tell me this right quick. It, just, this number being at 40, do you think this has anything to do with the fact that Army came out throwing the football Quite a bit in the first few games of the season,
2: yeah. I I think so. Army actually, Army and Air Force have thrown a little bit more than they have, both of them, in in recent years. Uh, it's a little bit tough to say what Army will do in this game because, like you said, they just changed quarterbacks. Um, I don't expect to see some high flying, you know, ridiculous pass, uh, pass heavy attack or anything, but yeah, actually. This type of game, I, I would have thought maybe even in the 30s normally, but I think Army's defense has been so bad, too, that it's hard to put the game in the in the 30s here. Um, it, in this case, though, I think it probably should be.
0: That does make sense. Let's go ahead and make it official. Kyle is going to roll with the under 40 in Air Force and Army. Moving ahead, we got a Big 12 matchup. This one, of course, the big noon kick on Fox, 12 p.m. Eastern Time. Of course, Texas Tech. Heads to TCU, Amon G. Carter Stadium in Fort Worth. TCU now a 9.5-point favorite. It was 10 at opening. It's down to 9.5. The total is at 70. That's right, 70 points. Two defenses that uh, really have trouble stopping anybody, to be fair. But, uh, but TCU obviously better at it because they are sitting at 8-0 and on the season. These numbers, of course, latest at BetUS. <sighs> Gentlemen. Kyle, I'm going to start with you here. TCU won this game last year, 52 to 31, and that was obviously not a good TCU team last year. TCU is 6 and 2 straight up, 4 and 4 against the spread against Texas Tech. They are 2 and 0, oh and uh, excuse me, 2 and 0 oh straight up and against the spread in the last two. At Texas Tech, coming off just getting absolutely whipped by Baylor last week, 45 to 17, and yeah, you can say maybe the numbers were a little bit closer than that, et cetera. But you watch that game, and and Baylor obviously had. Uh, a big-time advantage in that ballgame. Uh, they're number 112 in PPA per pass, uh, but number 23 in success rate is Texas Tech right now. I, I don't fully understand uh, how this offense works. Uh, this is over the last five weeks, by the way. Uh, they're number 10 in PPA per rush over the last five weeks, but they're only running the ball 38% of the time. I, the, these numbers don't necessarily make sense to me about Texas Tech, but this Zach Kitley offense is fascinating to watch uh, what do you see in this game Kyle well I, I mean uh maybe call me a little bit crazy
2: but 45 17 wasn't terribly indicative of the score I mean I know that, that agree. Baylor <laughs> I know that Baylor should have won but I mean you, you look at the stats it certainly should have been closer than that Morton threw three picks uh, overall they threw five interceptions and, and really Uh, You know, 28 points is is much bigger than the margin should have been. Texas Tech has been bitten in some of their big games by slow starts this year. That was the case again last week. Uh, Texas Tech minus seven in in turnover margin this year, which certainly has a lot to do with their disappointing in some of these big games. They're also negative 13 in sack margin. TCU's plus six in turnover margin, plus two in sack margin. Uh, You know, I thought it was kind of interesting that Morton had a tough game. Uh, Smith throws a pick and then Tyler Shook comes in and throws a pick. I believe it was on his first play. Uh, you know, not a not a great spot. I, I don't even really know why he would come in at that point. You know, it's kind of tough to to bring him in at the end of a game. Uh, it didn't seem like a great decision to me. Two really explosive offenses in this game, second and eighteenth in explosiveness against two defenses who struggle to stop explosive plays, 126th and 106th. There should be a lot of big plays. The total is certainly set very high. I would want to take an over in this game. 71s, uh, it's a hard over to take. Certainly everything has to go right. Early forecast calling for winds of about 12 or 13 miles per hour. So that's right on the edge of where it does matter So I would want to keep an eye on that. Um, it's a slight negative for points, but I will say no matter what, I wouldn't want to bet the under in this game. Uh, I thought 10 was a little bit too high when this number came out. Uh, it's come down to 9.5 with TCU the favorite. I think it's right about right. So uh, nothing really from me on this one. I don't, like I said, I want to bet the over 71 uh, is just too high
0: for me. I could, uh, I could totally understand that. It does feel like every week now, it, it seems like a trap game for TCU. Uh, there are other pundits that will tell you like, oh, this is the week. This is the week that they're going to get got. Uh, this TCU team just seems different. They are explosive enough on offense. Uh, you saw last week, they went 41 to 31 at West Virginia uh, look, I'm telling you, Kendra Miller is licking his chops looking at this Red Raiders rushing defense, number 119 PPA per rush. And that's over the last five weeks. Um, the offense for TCU can strike on standard downs. I mean, they're number 20 PPA per uh, play on standard downs. They uh, passing downs. They're number 19 PPA per play. And TCU just does so many things well on offense. And it, I think the biggest thing for me, you know, we'll move over to you, Parker, is that they adjust incredibly well. I mean, Joe Gillespie on defense has been just a, a lifesaver for this team, uh, along with the fact that you know that Sonny Dykes can make in-game adjustments, and this team tends to start playing even better once you move towards the second half of these ball games. Uh, what What are you seeing in this matchup here?
1: There definitely are some uh, off-field storylines that make this a lot of fun. Obviously, uh, Sonny Dykes' dad was a coach at Texas Tech. Sonny Dykes went to Texas Tech. Um, There was a little uh, tiff back and forth online with one of the TCU coaches about Texas Tech's new NIL deal. There's a bunch of off-season drama that's going to get settled on the field this weekend. Um, Ten and a half as an opener was way too much. Nine, I think, is way too much. I think if you want to actually bet this game, the smart thing to do is is to wait for Texas Tech fans to bet this down to like seven, seven and a half, and if you if that happens and it keeps moving, uh, you can absolutely snag that right there. Um, a couple things to look at in this game that I think are really important. So overall, I have um, TCU at eighth in offense. Texas Tech at 22nd in the power five. TCU's defense is 39th, uh, but Texas Tech's offense is 54th. It is absolute malpractice that Joey McGuire brought Tyler Shuck in in a game when they were down 38-17, first and 10 at his own nine-yard line, and then call a play that requires him to throw a pass across his body across the field. Of course, it's an interception. The guy hasn't thrown a pass since September the 3rd. What is going on there? um also all three of the quarterbacks they have are entirely different it seems like they don't know what they want to do and so they keep shuffling them out and that's just kind of contributing to this downward spiral before the oklahoma state game uh it's three weeks ago now texas tech was 93rd in epa per pass on offense now they're 105th so even though they won a game and it looked like it was a pretty big um Blowout there, they, they really have not been able to pass the ball at, at all and have gotten worse there. Um, TCU's defense, 99th in EPA per pass. So that's that, that's right for the taking, but it doesn't look like Texas Tech can exploit that at all. Um, 43rd in EPA per rush defense for TCU compared to 29th for Texas Tech. So Texas Tech has been explosive. They have three or four guys back there that didn't really get out. But um, overall on offense, I just don't know if they're going to be able to keep up. The reason I don't have an official play here is one I think – nine is too much tcu does let a team get a get a couple big plays in the first half the off-season off-field stuff i think matters a whole lot uh dfw is full of texas tech alums who don't want to live in lubbock it'll be a very loud hostile environment not as big of a home field advantage for tcu and so um i think there's a lot of points i think this would be very competitive um and uh and 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 a very highly charged game here but i mean 74th in EPA per rush defense for Texas Tech, 18th for TCU. Kendra Miller is a dude and no one's talking about it. Gary, I'm so glad you brought him up. 6.4 yards per attempt, 44 missed tackles. 10 or 23 runs of 10 or more yards. Just absolutely. He's doing it at a high volume, high sustainability. Uh, I'm going to end my rant here. If you want to hear me talk about it more, go, go to the podcast and I'll, and I'll get here <laughs> about TCU, but overall here, I think if, if this falls under eight, you could start to think about a TCU bet here just because their offensive firepower is so good. And Texas tech's offense has largely relied on yards after the catch and, and missed tackles to move the ball. Not really through the weapons that they have on their team.
0: I'm glad that you brought that up. I'm going to ask your opinion on something right quick. I I put down here over the last five weeks, Texas Tech number 93 in standard down success rate, but they're number 23 on passing downs. It feels like they kind of live on third down. Even if they get behind the chains, they are able to uh, routinely uh, come up with conversions, whether it's on third down. And of course they are the number one team in the country, averaging over five fourth downs per game, um, at least attempted, right? Fourth down attempts. I... Is there this is why I would lean on TCU here, because I don't know that you can continue to live on third and fourth down and convert at the rate that they've been going uh, without knowing exactly what your identity is with your quarterback. Do you do you kind of feel the same way there?
1: I think they're I think they're milking some value out of the offense that they don't necessarily yeah that's like making them look a little better than they are that being said last week against West Virginia um 2 for 3 on third on fourth downs 9 for 17 on third downs TCU let West Virginia extend some drives and and had some issues in those short down situations so um TCU also had a couple of injuries in the back end yesterday or uh yesterday last week that um that may cause you to you know Put that in doubt, but Texas Tech is going to extend drives and knowing that they, one, could could get a really big PR boost from winning this game, and two, are are the underdog. I expect them to be very aggressive, a lot of trick plays, a lot of fourth downs, um, and try and really spread this TCU defense then because it is the weaker unit of uh, of TCU's too. I mean, that's not saying anything controversial. The defense is worse than the offense here. And so I think they'll try and make some hay there and know that they're going to have to do everything they can to, one, keep TCU's offense off the field and two, score enough to to keep this within striking distance.
0: I like it. So, yeah, no official play here. Uh, The question, of course, in the game will be whether or not TCU can get stops the same way that Baylor did against Texas Tech. Uh, But I guess the same could be said for Texas Tech. Will they be able to get stops against TCU? Kyle is leaning towards the over. Uh, No official play, though. Uh, This number is right there on it. Uh, We're going to sit back and collect another data point for the rest of the season. Let me go ahead and remind everybody – Go ahead and like the video for us, if you would so kindly. Many more watching than have actually clicked the like button. But hit that like button. It does help us out significantly. If you haven't already, subscribe to the channel. It allows you to get into the chat, which you can see is already rolling over here. Uh, Raphael, Mike, Lee, Mark, Julius, etc. We see you guys. We know what's going on, and we are pulling in all of those questions for the Q&A once we get done actually hitting on the games because we got a lot more games to discuss in the Q&A today. We'll hit on Maxion once we get the Q&A. Uh, no real plays that we wanted to make, especially with the line movements as we got to Tuesday. But, uh, but yes, go ahead and jump into the chat for the Q&A at the end of the show. Any questions that you have for this weekend, we'll let you know if we do have... Oh, okay, we, we hit 100. Very nice. Uh, <laughs> it says, let's get to 150 before the Q&A. Yeah, I think that's a good idea. Let's go on and hit 150 likes. If you haven't liked, go ahead and like the video. Don't forget about tomorrow's show. We have got... Another big-time matchup, along with several other incredibly enticing games that we're going to hit on tomorrow's show. So make sure that you're back here. We do this every Tuesday and Wednesday at 1 p.m. Eastern time. Gentlemen, let's continue on. Let's do this thing. North Carolina at Virginia. ACC battle, 12 p.m. Eastern time on the ACC network. This one at Scott Stadium in Charlottesville, Virginia. North Carolina won this game last year, 59-39. to Now, North Carolina a 7.5-point road favorite. The total sits at 59. Of course, latest numbers at BetUS. North Carolina was 0-4 straight up and against the spread before their big win last season. Now, that Virginia defense last year was not good, but the offense was really good. This year, it's completely flipped, just completely flipped around. Kyle, I'm going to start with you here. North Carolina is 1-5 against the spread against teams with a losing record. Virginia – is one and five against the spread in their last six at home, but they are eight and three in their last 11 ACC games against the number. This is a weird, weird spot to me. Uh, Virginia coming off of that 14 to 12, just horrific four overtime game against Miami, in which they lost. Uh, they've only scored 20 points one time since week one. They're averaging 14.43 points per game in that span. Uh, this had a lot of line movement kyle nine and a half down to seven and a half what are you seeing here
2: i mean a couple of things here uh you know you know the uh the old freezing cold takes type thing i remember <laughs> seeing one the other day and i don't want to call out whoever it was i don't really remember but somebody had said like this is going to be an amazing pairing uh tony elliott with uh, brandon armstrong this is going to be so fun <laughs> uh, what a freezing cold take that was i mean that's about the worst you could get um virginia's games Uh, I'm going back and looking and thinking about this. Their games are so ugly. Like they ugly up every single game. How about Virginia and Syracuse? I mean, that was just an absolute mess. Virginia, Georgia Tech, Georgia Tech loses Sims, ugly. And then Miami and Virginia, I mean, yuck, this is terrible stuff. Um, Virginia actually plus 0.55 yards per play margin. Uh, They're minus six in turnover margin. They're 124th in special teams grade at PFF, which is somehow worse than Iowa State. Um, so, so we know that they're struggling on special teams. Certainly uh, the Cavs are finding ways to lose games, Very, very poorly coached team at this point. You know, I, I'm not liking the way things are going for Virginia. Their offensive line is so bad. Uh, they're, they're averaging, giving up seven tackles per loss for game. Uh, they get behind the sticks so often. And really Brennan Armstrong's true talent is not showing at all in this offense. Um, can can they look better against the UNC defense? That's bad. I mean, probably everybody looks better against UNC (laughs) offensively, but UNC has been a little bit better on defense here of late. And I don't think the Cavs are just going to go scoring all kinds of points here. It would surprise me. Um, Drake may, he's been tremendous guys. I think he's still underrated by many people, 29 touchdowns, three interceptions, turnover worthy plays 2.2%. Really, really good stuff. Honestly, if you guys thought UNC had any chance of winning out, I've seen worse bets than Drake May to win the Heisman. Uh, just, to, I mean, he has some tremendous numbers. Now, I don't think North Carolina is going to win out, so I'm not going to bet it. But, you know, as a really long shot, I, I wouldn't uh, mind somebody putting a little pizza money on something like that. It, I wish the defense was a little bit better because uh, I do think May is being underrated um, nationally at this point. Now, Virginia's defense is first in ACC play and yards per play allowed. I think that's skewed, though. They played Louisville with a backup quarterback, Georgia Tech with a backup quarterback. They haven't really played the best offenses in the ACC. Well, now they do. Uh, strength on strength with UNC's explosive offense, fifth against Virginia's defense. That is fifth in explosiveness allowed. I like UNC to win this game, but I really don't want to lay this many points on the road um, You know, with that kind of defense. It just worries me. Uh, However, I won't be surprised if this is one of those games that we look back on next week and we say, oh, this looks pretty even in the box score. But somehow North Carolina won by 14 points because Virginia made so many big
0: mistakes. I could definitely understand that. Uh, I look at this North Carolina offense, number one in passing success rate in the last five weeks. Uh, Virginia, of course, on defense is number 45 in that metric. The run game is basically the quarterback, Drake May, uh, who you brought up, of course, the Heisman. Uh, if they were to go undefeated the rest of the way and beat Clemson in the ACC title game, yeah, I I could certainly see him in New York. And if you don't have anybody else emerge, really, and of course, there's C.J. Stroud, obviously, in Annanoke. There's other names, but you get him in there in a big time spot in that ACC championship game and knock out a contender. Yes, absolutely. It does make sense. Uh, The running backs for North Carolina, Hampton and Hood, they have been really good against bad running defenses. And Virginia is number 83 in rushing success rate allowed in the last five weeks. Just something to pay attention to. While their numbers overall may not look great, they have been really good against bad defenses. Uh, Virginia, number 128 in giveaways per game. North Carolina is number 47. Uh, One team is much more likely to give the ball to the opposing team. Parker, I'm going to bring you in here. Virginia's pass defense numbers look great, uh, but again, you know it's what Kyle brought up. Like, who exactly have they played? We're talking Georgia Tech, Miami, uh, Louisville. You know, and, and Cunningham wasn't himself. It didn't seem Duke, et cetera. Like, it, there's there's spots uh, where maybe this this maybe these numbers are a little bit fraudulent, right? <laughs> I hate to say that because the numbers to me tell an entire story. But but uh, we need to start to pay attention. There's other numbers out there that can tell you why they have such good stats here. What are you seeing in this ballgame?
1: I told myself that when I picked this game, I was going to start out by saying something nice about my fellow redhead, Brendan Armstrong. And I feel like I've been very negative on the Virginia D team this year. We took them uh, for an under, and that's been that's been unfortunately borne out. But I will say, uh, on deep balls, 20-plus yards downfield, in between the hashes, Brennan Armstrong is 50% completion, 90.4 PFF passing grade. The dude still has a cannon and can still put the ball downfield and, and be explosive. A lot harder when you're running for your life, a lot harder when the route trees aren't as sophisticated as they were last year, and, you know, whatever. But Brennan Armstrong still, still slinging the ball, still chucking it. Um, and so there's my nice thing that I said about him. Uh, that being said, Virginia's <laughs> averaging 16.9 points per game. UNC is averaging 4.18 Adjust that. Give me 10 points both ways towards the middle to opponent adjust that. UNC is going to score more than Virginia. Virginia cannot score enough here to keep up. It doesn't matter if if Virginia stops UNC on half their drives. They're second in points per echo. 5.69 points per quality possession. They're going to score. They're going to score touchdowns. Virginia cannot score touchdowns. It just is is a matter of fact. They are 124th in points per quality uh, possession. Guys, when when Virginia gets across the 40 and gets a first down, they're averaging 2.87 points. That's less than a field goal on scoring opportunities. That is 124th in the nation, just absolutely terrible. Um, both teams are passing a lot, so pace-wise, this should be very fun. I think Virginia's defense will will especially, um, especially on the scripted drives give UNC a little bit of a chance uh, or a little bit of trouble. But, I mean, UNC Pitt... Was 17-14, Pittsburgh at halftime, and UNC won that game 42-24. In the second half, at some point, UNC is going to run so many plays. They're going to be so fast-paced. Drake May is going to put the ball in the air so well, so frequently that there's nothing Virginia is going to be able to do to keep this within distance. That is that is my prerogative here. Of course, that means now that I've spoken into existence, we're going to get another triple overtime, nine to six game or whatever. But on the merits, <laughs> on the numbers, looking at this, even even if I have Virginia's defense ranked ninth and opponent adjusted. EPA per play in the Power Five, North Carolina's defense or offense is fourth. And Virginia's offense is as bad as UNC's defense. Say that again. Virginia's offense is as bad as UNC's defense. So there's no advantage there at all. I think that UNC should win this comfortably um and again some of you might want to bring up my unc under seven and a half bet and you're right i've done the math on it that's all right we're looking forward we're recouping all of that by betting unc against the spread for the rest of the season here so um i, I really like what they're doing last thing i'll say two quarterbacks in the nation have an adjusted completion percentage uh, uh greater than 78 uh even 75 i can bring it down greater than 78 and uh an average depth of target of greater than 10 yards it is Drake May and Bryce Young. He is playing at an elite level. You can call it a gimmick offense. You can do whatever you want. He's throwing a ton of passes, throwing them very deep, and he's throwing them very well. He is is definitely underrated and and should be able to um, absolutely feast on this this Virginia defense.
0: I like it. Both of us are going to ride with the Tar Heels this week to cover the seven and a half. Mark in the chat did jump in and say uh, to look out for sevens if you like North Carolina because it seems to be trending that direction. I still like it at seven and a half. Like I liked it honestly on opening line at nine and a half. I just, I see mismatches here for North Carolina. I understand there are some numbers that would make you think that Virginia could keep this thing close. And I know that it's on the road, but I I do feel very strongly about this North Carolina offense and the fact that Virginia cannot score at Parker. You brought up, they're averaging a little over 16 points per game. Well, that's if you include the 34 that they scored against FCS Richmond. If you don't include the FCS game, Again, they're averaging 14.43 points per game since week one. It's, a, it's so difficult for them to score points. And so I like it. Parker and I are both going to ride North Carolina to cover 7.5 here. Moving along, we're moving into an AAC game, and we might have in this ball game the team that is going to represent the G5 in the New Year 6. Now, obviously, you don't want to jinx it, but regardless, the Tulane Green Wave covering 7.5 at Tulsa. Of course, they are the favorite there. Uh Chapman Stadium in Tulsa, Oklahoma. It's 12 p.m. Eastern time on ESPNU. The total sits at 57 and a half. Of course, latest numbers at BetUS. And gentlemen, uh, Kyle, I- I'm going to start with you on this one again. Tulane won, excuse me, Tulane lost last year, 20 to 13. Tulsa's 2 and 0 straight up and against the spread in the last two, but they were 0 and 3 straight up and against the spread prior to that. So it appears that, you know, we've got some streaks going in opposite directions. These two... Uh, like to win, and then they like to lose a lot, and then we go from there. Tulane is 5-0 and against the spread on the road in their last five. They are 4-0 against the spread in their last four overall. Tulsa, 0-3-1 against the spread in the last four. Tulsa, of course, lost to SMU last week, 45-34. They ended up having to face SMU's third-string quarterback. Davis Bryn, the quarterback for uh, Tulsa here, suffered an arm injury. The freshman, Braylon Braxton, came in, uh, he's he's had to come in quite a bit. He's 50% completion percentage, four touchdowns, two interceptions, only 5.5 yards per attempt. The Tulsa offense is number 124 PPA per pass in the last five weeks. The offense has to completely shift whenever we get uh, this quarterback in there as opposed to Davis Brent because they were more of a passing offense early in the year. They've completely switched over. Uh, what are you seeing in this matchup between Tulane and Tulsa? Any uh, any leans that you might like here?
2: Well, Gary, as you were saying that, I'm starting to like Tulane a little bit more here. I th- think that's some compelling reasons to like Tulane in this game. And Tulsa, I mean, negative 27 and sack margin through eight games. That's insane. 35 sacks allowed. They have eight sacks. Uh, just crazy. I-, I think Tulane always wants to run the football. They haven't really been that good at running the football this year compared to what you would think. But I think they're going to look a lot better running the football here against this Tulsa defense. Tulsa's allowing 5.07 yards per carry in the conference, 114th in the nation in yards per carry allowed. Uh, they lost some really good run stuffers the last couple of years. You guys know that. And I think it's really starting to show up. Um, this Tulsa team really up against a good two-lane defense, too. I think 2 defense is the main reason they're in this situation Uh, at this point in the year. They're 17th in yards per play allowed. Their growth has really uh, led to this uh, great record here. And uh, Gary always loves to talk about the penalty yards, which I like a lot. Tulane just 34.6 penalty yards per game. Tulsa 61.1. Tulane's always been a good fundamental team uh, with Fritz. Spot-wise, I think this is a really good spot for Tulane. They're coming off a bye week um, while Tulsa got beat up there and, and lost to SMU. So I certainly lean Tulane. Another thing here that I wanted to point out, Tulsa is 1-6 against the spread in the first half so far this year. I think Tulane first half, not a bad option in this one as well. So I'm going to be betting either uh, Tulane first half or Tulane minus the 7.5 for something here in this one. Uh, That'll be a pizza money bet of mine.
0: I like that idea. I do like that idea. Yeah, you brought up those numbers as far as penalties per game, um, or excuse me, not per game, but penalty yardage. Tulsa number 56 in overall penalties per game. Tulane is number nine. As far as turnovers go, Tulsa number 123 in FBS in giveaways per game. Tulane is number 13. One team turns it over. The other one does not. And you have seen, uh, you saw it in the Tulane-Memphis game when Tulane was up 35 to nothing at the half over Memphis. Uh, When you get turnovers on this team, like Tulane can absolutely house them. Absolutely. Parker, I'm going to bring you in here. Uh, Kyle mentioned this, Tulane is coming off of a bye. The defense has not been as good over the last five weeks. They're number 77 in PPA per drive, but they got Michael Pratt back, five touchdowns, zero interceptions, 70% uh, percent completion percentage in the last three weeks. They are 3-0 and against the spread and straight up on the road so far this year. This looks like a fantastic football team in Tulane, and Willie Fritz, I mean, a 2-10 and record last year. This team's sitting at 7-1 and right now. What uh, What do you see in this matchup?
1: Man, this team could so easily be 8-0, and it's really frustrating because I think it would be really fun to talk about what their ceiling was with a win over Kansas State, who looks like they're you know poised to get back into the Big 12 championship there. Um, uh, a G5 team with such a big marquee win could really have an argument for for some serious placing in, in the postseason here. But uh, a fun season nonetheless. I really think that the, that I, I agree with Kyle. I, I, I like pizza money on Tulane here. Tulsa does have a little bit of that grit in them that l- likes to keep things um, keep things close, make games difficult, but they've underwhelmed me a couple times. One thing that I think that really stands out, um, you know, Tulane's defense is much better than their offense. I have their defense at 19th, their offense at 26th among G5 teams. So um, their, their, their defense has been a lot better, but Michael Pratt is a very good quarterback and has done well for them. One thing to note, uh, Tulsa's defense, 96th in EPA per pass, but 57th in EPA per rush. Um, Michael Pratt, when he runs play action, is completing 75.7% of his passes, 11.2 yards per attempt. And you couple that, we've got to go three places to get this point home. But (laughs) rush rate over expected, Tulane is 84th, 2.3% more than the average team. So Tulane, running a lot, running a lot of play action when they pass. And Tulsa is way worse against the pass than they are the run, but their run defense isn't good. What is that a recipe for? That's a recipe for Tulane to run until Tulsa brings a guy up in the box, run, play, action, and get a big play, touchdown, rinse, lather, repeat. So I think that this offense might be a little bit better looking against this Tulsa offense because they'll be able to exploit that dimensionality here. Uh, Tulane, 34th on early downs EPA, Tulsa, 87th. So. some really favorable matchups for this two-lane offense. On the flip side, what Tulsa has been able to do is sling the ball around with Davis Brin when they've been good. They're 19th in EPA, uh, excuse me, uh, 44th in EPA per pass. Tulane is 72nd in EPA per pass. But I think their rushing floor is, is something they've relied on, and they won't be able to. They're 19th in EPA per rush. Tulane is 23rd, and Tulane is 15th in third and fourth down success rate allowed. So um, I, I think absolutely the signs for me are, are Tulane being able to pull away here. Um, I think they're a very balanced team and this offense should be able to exploit them. just the fact that Tulsa is so one dimensional on defense. I think they'll get a lot of play out of that. So I like a, I like a Tulane pizza, pizza money bet here for sure.
0: I like Tulane more than just pizza money. I am actually going to put a unit on this. I like Tulane quite a bit. You brought up third downs there, Parker. Uh, both defenses have an advantage when it comes to third downs, but uh, I trust Tulane more here. And I understand, you know, everybody wants to bring up the trends of Tulsa as an underdog, right? Uh, I think it was the Ole Miss game this year. They were 22 and one as a touchdown of uh, 10 points or more, or whatever it was. Look, that's a different situation. You got a different quarterback in here. You don't have Joe Gillespie as the DC anymore. Like things are not the same at Tulsa. And this Tulane team is absolutely rolling. Everything that you brought up, exactly what I wanted to bring up on this. And, and just in basic terminology, basic numbers, PPA uh, per play margin on this. Tulane is number 54, and Tulsa is number 124. Like, And that's over the last five weeks. I, one team is getting better. One team is getting worse. And I will go with the team that is getting better. Give me the green wave to cover 7.5. I will make it official on my card. Now, let me go ahead and remind everybody, before we jump into this last game, and then we'll jump into the Q&A, go ahead and hit that like button for us. We would certainly, certainly appreciate that. We're trying to get to 150 before we jump into the questions and answers, of course. But if you do have any questions, uh, you can always toss them into the chat. We will put them all together, and, uh, and then we will jump into that Q&A there. Uh, subscribe to the channel. All the wonderful things. You guys know what you're supposed to do. Help us out. All right, gentlemen, a monster matchup. This looks like it's going to be number one versus number two. Of course, the CFP rankings are coming out on Tuesday evening. Tennessee heads to Georgia, to Athens in Sanford Stadium. Georgia is a nine-and-a-half-point favorite. Total of 66, of course, latest numbers at BetUS. 3.30 p.m. Eastern Time on CBS. This is the big one. It's the game of the century, of the week, of the year, or whatever. Uh, but this one is just a monster monster spot. Georgia won last year 41 to 17. It was very close in the first quarter. Tennessee got off to a fast start and then Georgia figured them out. Georgia 5 and 0 against the excuse me, 5 and 0 straight up, 4 and 1 against the spread against Tennessee in the last 5. This is a different Tennessee team. And sometimes when we bring up these trends, you got to learn exactly where the trend fits at different coaching staffs, different everything, right? Tennessee 4 and 0 against the spread. Uh, versus winning teams so far this year, Georgia 13 and six against the spread at home against a winning road team. Uh, There's there's certain trends that just seem to go both ways here. Uh, Kyle, let's uh, let's start with you here. There are 11 NFL starting quarterbacks that are younger than both Hinton Hooker and Stetson Bennett. Uh, The Tennessee defense here, nine of their top 10 tacklers are upperclassmen. Four of the top five sack getters are also upperclassmen as well. So this is a team that has been built for a long time. They've been through a lot of adversity at that Tennessee program. They are fired up for this ballgame. Georgia, on the other side, a lot of injuries to pay attention to. Nolan Smith, it appears that he is going to be out for the year with a pec injury. The defensive back, Dan Jackson, out as well. Don't know exactly how much that hurts the secondary, but regardless, the defensive tackle, Jalen Carter, has dealt with injuries uh, for weeks now. The running back, Milton, uh, he's been hurt. A.D. Mitchell might be coming back. Darius Mims got hurt last week dealing with a knee injury. Uh, they've got other offensive linemen that are having issues, etc. Georgia is going to need their tight ends to kind of own the middle of the field in place of the running game. This is just such a monster, monster matchup. And there are so many little intricacies in this spot that you have to pay attention to and actually – uh, look at when you, when you try and decide on a number for this game, uh, Kyle, Georgia opened eight and a half and it's now out to nine and a half. Uh, what are you seeing between the Bulldogs and the Vols?
2: Well, I, I think Tennessee blowing out Kentucky last week was an impressive showing, you know, that was a tough spot for them. That was an easy look ahead spot. Uh, Will Levis with a really bad showing in that game, didn't even get to hundred yards. And guys, side note: I, I these NFL mock drafts that have Levis going ahead of Bryce Young just baffle me. You know, I mean, just amazing. I would hate to be the guy that's sitting in a position that's like, uh, I took Will Levis over Bryce Young.
0: Here's um, here's my problem there, and and why I'm so worried about that. <laughs> I thought the same thing about Josh Allen. And no, I don't think you can replicate Josh Allen, right? But I, I saw the completion percentage, and I saw, the, and I thought, there's no way you can make a guy significantly more accurate. And he he completely proved me wrong uh, at Buffalo, so that's where I'm a little concerned. But no, there is nothing that Will Levis has done to this point to show that he should be uh, like a, a top five draft pick at all. You're right, Kyle. <laughs> sure, yeah, and and uh,
2: that's even more me saying Bryce Young is that good. I know he's shorter, but you know that that's not everything. Uh, Kyler Murray's been pretty successful. Uh, I think Bryce Young might be better than him. So uh, this is a this is a spot though for in and this one where Josh Heupel's teams have been an absolute machine, or as, uh, the the young kids call it nowadays a wagon. Here in the first half, uh, all time uh, Heupel's teams are twenty nine nine and one against the spread, uh, just absolutely blowing people out in the first half. Um, you know, hey, before I, I think, before you continue on with that thought, what in the world is a wagon? I, <laughs> I don't know. I just I just know it means they're cashing in constantly. That's, oh, okay. that's really all. I mean, they're just they're just winning constantly. They're, they're too good. So uh,
0: you know, you'll have to ask somebody older.
2: younger than me for the exact definition of wagon. But I just thought I always think it's funny to say somebody's a wagon. Oh, that's I, great. I, I think that might be the first time I've said it. So just make history here. <laughs> um, you know, like Tennessee Tennessee's are making
1: us sound like boomers. You're really killing my street cred here.
2: I know, I know. Yeah, I'm I'm too old for this, guys. Um, you got to give Tennessee's defense some credit, though. I mean, I did not think that they would look that good against Kentucky. Um, Secondary's been their weakness throughout the course of the season. Uh, They looked very good last week. Uh, I think the goal here for Tennessee has to be to shut down the the Georgia running game and make Stetson Bennett beat them. Uh, I want to be careful with my words here because I know Stetson Bennett talk can get people pretty upset, but... You know, I, I really do find it very easy to root for Stetson Bennett. I like him a lot. Uh, great kid has done a good job. He still really is primarily a game manager. He has a lot of talent around him. Uh, Tennessee secondary can be exploited. Can he do it here? I mean, this is a really big game for Stetson Bennett. Uh, so we'll see what he's made of in this one. Uh, Tennessee plus 2.17 yards per play margin, Georgia plus 2.68. Tennessee is the side I'd be leaning in this game. Uh, I think nine and a half is quite a few points. Uh, yeah, you know, I have to take the the under at this number though, guys. Sixty six in a Georgia game is so high. I don't even really want to bet the under in this one, but it's one <laughs> of those where uh, Georgia plays slow enough, has a lot of long drives. They're really not that explosive on offense. A lot of very long drives. Um, bottom twenty in explosiveness in the country. I realize Tennessee plays really fast. Everybody knows that. Uh, I just think that sixty six is a very high total for uh, Tennessee defense. It's been really good against the run. Uh, Georgia, not that explosive and a Georgia defense that even with those injuries is certainly a very good defense. So 66 too high for me, my lean would be Tennessee, but I'm going to take under 66.
0: I could definitely understand that. Uh, If if you're betting the under 66, you would almost maybe have to lean towards Georgia getting the win here, but not necessarily because when you look at these Tennessee numbers, uh, they're they're pretty good at running the football. They can control the clock. There was a drive against Kentucky early last week where out of 14 plays in the drive, I believe they ran on 12 of them. I mean, just watching them be able to dominate both on the ground and through the air was uh, just remarkable, absolutely remarkable. Uh, Kentucky has got a good defense, and Tennessee just absolutely blasted them back to the Stone Age last week. Jalen Hyatt, again, averaging like 30 yards a catch early last week. It's just insane to look at what he's doing. Uh, Parker, you know, I'm going to move over to you here to look at some of these numbers. Last five weeks, Georgia is number 130 in pass explosiveness allowed. They are number 76 in the country in 40-plus yard passes allowed. That ain't good when you're going up against the Tennessee offense. Uh, I I think the Georgia secondary is a little bit suspect here. Georgia is number 90 in havoc rate over the last five weeks. Tennessee's offense is number one in havoc allowed. There's some questions here. Uh, the Tennessee, you know, defense, their weakness is, of course, the passing game. But I don't know that Georgia can really extend them down the field, right? They, I don't know that they can take advantage of some of those spots. That you're going to have to use those tight ends in the middle of the field in order to maybe keep the ball away from Tennessee. What, what are you seeing in this ball game?
1: I think that Georgia would absolutely love if Tennessee said, Hey, make us beat you deep because they are really good at getting guys open and just kind of saying, Hey, like Stetson Bennett, it doesn't matter if you throw the ball. Well, the guy's there. Um, yeah. and they certainly don't have the athleticism at the wideout position that they did last year, for instance, but they really have, you know, with rolling three deep with just absolute free tight tight ends and, uh, and their running backs. Um, Getting involved in the past game i think they can thrive on the short game and not ask sess bennett to do a lot the trap for georgia here would be trying to get into a um almost said something i should have said it on air trying to get into a contest with tennessee about who could score more um and uh and, and trying to keep up pound for pound and, and trying to playing tennessee's game that's what alabama got into mostly because alabama was blowing some coverage in some mind-blowing ways against this tennessee team that being said um i want to pump the brakes a little bit on tennessee's defense Kentucky's offense, for instance, is 51st in opponent-adjusted EPA per play. They're not very good. Uh, I've been pretty low on them this season. So I have Tennessee's defense as 18th in the Power Five, which is still good, but I, I don't know that I give them so much credit. Um, I think they've they've definitely benefited from the weaker um, uh, fr- from from playing some weaker weaker offenses. Um, the thing about last year's game is we talked about like kind of the punch and the counterpunch and Tennessee had a great punch last year. They scored a touchdown on the first drive. They had zero counterpunch. They had absolutely nothing. And a lot of the reason was their, their targets were largely concentrated last year. Um, Cedric Tillman and Vallas Jones Jr. you know, had 167 of Tennessee's targets last year. This year they've got uh, five guys with 20 targets. Um, they're really spreading the ball around Hyatt's leading with 58, but then you've got McCoy with 50, 43 and Tillman and Keaton are, are split with 32. So they've been able to move the ball around. I know they're filling in with some injuries and kind of replacing there, but they really have kind of, uh, you know, eight, nine guys with 10 targets. They're they're a little bit more multiple. I think their counterpunch will be a lot more credible. Georgia's defense, fifth overall in EPA per play, and their offense is seventh. So I like what they're able to do in terms of efficiency. And obviously, the big matchup here is, you know, Tennessee's pass defense is 103rd. Georgia's pass offense is 13th. Um, but one thing that Tennessee's been really good at on defense is kind of the bend, bend, don't break. And with Georgia not being as explosive on offense, being a little more successful um third and third in offensive success rate 10th in epa per offense so again a little more successful than explosive tennessee's 16th in points per quality possession uh 3.11 allowed and so if they can play bend don't break if they can force georgia to a field goal on a couple drives um and, and get that explosive play i really think that they could keep this uh with a chance to with a chance to score at a tie or win at the end of the game i i think we'll get a Um, Kind of a mini shootout with fewer possessions, but every possession is going to matter. Both teams are going to score on most of their possessions Um, and, and Tennessee's explosiveness. I just don't know that you can count them out, especially if the game goes under here. So uh, my numbers lean towards an under, uh, I like Tennessee's explosiveness. I'm going to take Tennessee in all these points. This feels like too much for an offense that is very annoying, won't quit if they're down and has the possibility to score a touchdown from anywhere on the field with one play. Um, And so I like Georgia to win. I think they're the better team.
0: But I I like Tennessee to cover. I will go ahead and tell you, Parker, I have four different sets of numbers that I run each week, right? A lot of them based solely on points per play along with pace, et cetera. Some of them uh, PPA per play or EPA per play uh, along with opponent adjustments and da-da-da-da. Two of my sets of numbers have Tennessee favored this week, which was mind-blowing when I actually saw it. And then, of course, the line comes out. There were a lot of people thinking that this game would actually be Georgia favored by double digits, Something that worries me for Georgia, the defensive lineman Zion Logue came out in press availability this morning and said, the tempo, we're not going to let it affect us. I wouldn't say we've owned in on it, uh, but we'll probably work on it a little bit this week. And he was just straight faced like, yeah, it's no big deal. Georgia has not faced a team that runs as fast as what Tennessee does. So I'm a little concerned that maybe they're underestimating exactly how fast it is because Alabama players did come out afterwards and say, whoa, like that was, we know we saw it last year, but when you don't practice against it all the time and you have trouble replicating what they do in practice, it's a whole different deal once you get into the game. Uh, The deal for me, Tennessee is number seven in turnover margin. Georgia is number 71. That's one thing to maybe look at. If Georgia turns the ball over, Tennessee can take advantage of that really quickly. We saw it against Kentucky last week. The other side of this, though, is penalties per game. Georgia's number four in that spot. Tennessee is number 110. How much is Sanford Stadium going to be a factor in this ballgame? I'm like you, Parker. I think that Tennessee is going to be able to keep this close because I think every single possession is going to be huge in this spot. I think it's too many points. I'm going to take Tennessee plus the nine and a half here. It would not shock me to see them get this win. Uh, I have said in the past that this is not – the LSU 2019 team, but man, there are an awful lot of similarities. When you've got old quarterbacks like this, that you've got a bunch of upperclassmen on this team that have been fighting through a bunch of adversity. Like I said earlier, I I think this is a good spot for Tennessee. I really do. I know know Georgia absolutely whipped Oregon and that's a eh, somewhat similar kind of offense, but that was game number one. This is way later in the year. Tennessee's got a lot of confidence. I like Tennessee. So the official plays here, Parker and myself going to ride Tennessee plus nine and a half. Kyle, you're riding the under 66 on this. All of it makes sense to me. All of it makes sense to me. All right. We hit over 150 likes. That's pretty nice. That's pretty nice. I like that. And, uh, of course, we have a bunch of guys in the chat. Julius, Raphael, Arbone, Mark, Brian, et cetera. If you want to be a part of our chat here every Tuesday and Wednesday at 1 p.m. Eastern time, all you got to do is subscribe to the channel. We make it very easy. If you can't be here live, we understand. You want to listen to us when you're at the gym, our sultry voices helping you get through that workout. We get it. We get it. Go download the podcast, BetUS Football Show on any of your favorite podcast apps, and uh, and do us a favor. Share the show out. Tell your friends about it. Once we get done with the show, we want your picks in the comments. We want to know what you guys think about these games and what other games you think there's actually value on. Uh, You can help sway us to a side before the end of the week. So go ahead and toss those in there. Gentlemen, I am ready to jump into some Q&A. We've got a lot going on. You know, before we even get to Q&A, here's what we're going to do. Let's go on and talk about Maction because we have got Tuesday night football tonight. Uh, Let's hit on this. Kyle, I'm going to start with you here. Let's talk about Ball State and Kent State. Uh, It looks like it's it's seven across the board for Kent State. My numbers actually had Ball State, uh, not favored, but, you know, around two and a half or three. Uh, and that's just over the last five weeks, uh, full season. You know, I've got Kent State by three and a half. I, I don't know what to make of this. This Kent State team, like there were some quarterback injury issues stuff like that. Uh, the total on this, and I don't see a total. It didn't pull up for me. Uh, Kyle, do you have a total on it? I had sixty-three
1: this morning, so 63.
0: sixty-two now. Sixty. Okay. So what? So tell me, tell me this, Kyle. We'll start with you, and then Parker. I want to get your opinion on this one as well.
1: Um,
2: you, you know, I think uh, uh, Colin Schley has been out a decent amount for Kent State. I think that's a pretty big loss. I, I'm not sure if he's 100% uh, healthy uh, for this game. And I would want to know before I bet something very much on this one. I thought you were going to say you had Ball State favored, and I was going to be surprised. No. But uh, <laughs> I would lean over if Schley is healthy and going to play in this game. This is one I skipped over pretty quickly. Uh, Kent State, I thought, would be better than they have been so far this year. They had that pretty uh, competitive showing against Georgia, and Georgia was probably just lack of interest in that game. But uh, Ball State plays really quickly. Uh, they haven't really been that efficient on offense. Um, I really have nothing strong
0: in this one. And that's I felt the exact same way. Parker, you got anything on this one?
1: Yeah, I'm right at six. I would be inclined to lean more towards, you know, Kent State's offense is 24th in the, in the group of five. Um, and, but ball state's defense is 32nd. They're relatively better on defense. So, um, I would lean towards Souter and Lewis, but there's some injury issues and it's a weeknight Mac game. So if my line is too close to the spread, man, I just can't, I don't have a strong lean here. Um, I, I do slightly have an under by like, no, not even slightly by like four points. Um, but again, weeknight Mac man, bet at your own peril. If there's not an obvious, uh, obvious side,
0: so. Exactly. At the most, bet some pizza money on these games just to have a little action on it, uh, because you never know what I mean. We talked about this last year, guys. These games never made any statistical sense when we actually got them. like everything that we had uh, as far as our numbers went is not at all what ended up happening in the ballgames. I, I guess the biggest thing that we saw last year was uh, bet the overs in maxion. Like, that's, I guess that's the biggest thing. Hey, i got to read this one comment that just came in. Uh, Lee Leonard said, I would love to share you with my friends, but I'm in a college weekly pick pool. I've won two weeks already this year, and you've impacted those wins. I'm going to keep you out of myself. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I, I guess it. we understand it, but, uh, yeah, it's, you know, maybe after the season. Maybe after the season shares out. Uh, the next game for tonight's slate, as far as Maction goes, uh, Buffalo and Ohio. Um, Buffalo favored by two and a half, the total 60 and a half over at BetUS. U S look, Ohio. I really like their offense. I like what Rourke is doing at quarterback, but Buffalo has been a different beast here over the past four or five weeks. Uh, even still, my number has Buffalo by about three and a half, which is a little bit of an edge, but it's on the road. So this Ohio team has really shocked me this year. Uh, Kyle, we'll start back with you on, on this one. You know, I like the Bobcats, but man, Maurice Lingus has really proved me wrong. I did not think that he was going to be a good fit at Buffalo. Uh, I could not have been further from correct on that. It seems like he's really got that team rolling right now.
2: Yeah, I, I would bet Buffalo is my lean in this one. Uh, 63% of the the bets coming in on Ohio. Uh, I'd go with the the favorite that's not getting as much love here. Buffalo's defense is a much better defense than Ohio's defense. So, Uh, I think Buffalo is also trending in the right direction where I think Ohio is kind of staying about where they've been. Buffalo is definitely on an upward trajectory.
0: Does make sense. Parker, um, maybe I've just got a little bit of a bias for Ohio since I I bet Akron against them and they just completely demolished that bet. Uh, What what are you seeing in this one?
1: Look, man, many people are saying you don't just walk into Athens and expect to win. OK, and then that's that's reality here. Um, well, the, the the big difference here is, you know, um, Buffalo's offense 21st in the in the group of five Ohio's offense 22nd, but Buffalo's defense has been so much better. They're fourth in, in group of, of uh, group of five and. Ohio's is 52nd among group of ty- group of five teams. So I think Buffalo is a smart play here if you're already inclined to do so. Again, with the road in the MAC, you've got to, you know, buyer, buyer beware or whatever. But for looking at this on the merits, I think that Buffalo is a much more complete team. And Ohio just has too much negative variance on defense for their offense to overcome it, as much as I do like seeing a a, a, a Roark at Ohio being successful again.
0: I, I'm with you. I'm with you. I, I wish Ohio, I think Buffalo, I'd who knows i'm <laughs> i'm going to stay away from it uh we'll start with the q and a now steven jumps in would love to see uh ranked liberty at arkansas pick um i'm terrified of this game uh for multiple reasons uh, parker let's uh let's roll with you here liberty a 13 and a half point dog at arkansas liberty is the ranked team in this matchup my numbers had this closer to like 8 but it, the talent differential, you know, that Liberty third string quarterback, uh, what's it, uh, Bennett, I believe, is the, the guy, looked fantastic against BYU's defense. And while I do think Arkansas has holes in their defense, I think there's a world where Arkansas just lines up and runs this thing down their throat for 60 full minutes, and this thing is never close. I, I think we had something similar to this last year when Liberty went to Ole Miss, and Ole Miss just had the significantly better team. It was a, a tighter ball game. But almost covered, and it was never really in doubt. Uh, it It opened at fourteen is down to thirteen and a half. Uh, Parker, what are you feeling here?
1: Yeah, I think um, that KJ Jefferson's been coming on strong recently, and Arkansas has been a little up and down, but I do think they're getting a grasp on his legs. the The reason I don't have a play here is, uh, so my numbers have Liberty covering. The reason I don't have a play is because I am uncertain about Arkansas's rush offense and, and what they're going to be able to do against Liberty. I don't know if it's smart to bet Liberty in this spot. But if you're going to bet Liberty, here's what you're looking at. Arkansas doesn't have a pass defense. It just doesn't exist. They're 102nd in EPA per pass. Their defensive backs are extremely limited. They've let God and everybody throw against them, um, and, and and so Liberty the last couple of weeks has just had random quarterback off the bench come and and sling the ball around and throw it. So um, they're seventh in EPA per pass, 12th in EPA per rush. Um, the last couple of weeks, their aggregate season season numbers look look worse um in the in in uh on offense but i mean i I really think their defense has been has been good against the past the the issue is can arkansas run against them i'm inclined to believe so because of the talent differential but if you're betting liberty you're betting that these arkansas defensive backs are going to continue to play like they've played and allow these opportunities for big explosive plays
0: i uh i can understand it i can understand it kyle let's move over to you let's talk David L. He said, UNLV, San Diego State. Uh, he wants to hear our thoughts on this one. I I am terrified of this game as well. Uh, it is st- it's still sitting at 6.5 uh, in favor of San Diego State. The total is 49.5 on this. I think the play that I would like the most here, Kyle, is the under 49.5. San Diego State's offense has looked quite better. Um, UNLV, they've had quarterback injuries Brumfeld uh, don't know when he's coming back he may be coming back this week but he'll be coming off of an injury Robbins the running back this UNLV team has been pretty good when those guys are healthy but they have had a whole lot of injuries here I, I don't know that I would bet a side on this what do you think
2: I'm not excited about this game, but I wouldn't want to lay points with San Diego State. I don't trust that team enough this year. And also, they're coming in off a bad spot. They should have won last week for sure. Oh, yeah. Uh, They blew that game in epic fashion. Yeah. Jay Kaner said afterwards uh, that that comeback was more improbable than when they won it. Was it UCLA? I believe it was uh, winning that Pac-12 game. I think I would just lean UNLV in that game uh, with the points.
0: Uh, Throw a dog a bone jumps in. Uh, He said, will Tennessee jump to number one in tonight's first college football playoffs poll because of their win over Alabama? Uh, Gentlemen, I have no idea. Um, Parker, how about this? I'm going to ask both of you guys about this. Uh, Obviously, rankings don't really matter at this point of the year, but there are people interested in it. So uh, we will appease that, I guess, for a moment. I, I think Georgia and Tennessee are going to be one and two. I think Ohio State will be three, and it'll be because of the wins over Oregon and over uh, Alabama. Uh, Parker, I know that you don't care about this, <laughs> but, but what do you feel on this? Uh, will Tennessee be number one tonight?
1: <laughs> yeah, I think so. I think they just kind of fill that dominant role in the win over Alabama. It's pretty big there, so that's fun. That's good. New blood in the top four. That's great. No one's stopping the college football playoff committee from ranking Tennessee first and TCU second. Do it. It'll be funny. Let's just let it happen.
0: I like it. little Texas and Tennessee. I'm, I'm good with this. I'm good with this. Uh, Kyle, how do you feel about it? What do you think? T- Tennessee number one tonight. Yeah, that's that would be my guess is Tennessee's
2: number one tonight. And as a Buckeyes fan, I kind of hope they're rated a little bit lower to have them have a little bit of a chip on their shoulder or something. I know there's going to be some other Buckeyes fans that are going to say, why are they rated so low? But, uh, you know, at this point, it really doesn't matter. And if anything, it just gives you you extra uh, you know, chip on your shoulder if you're a little bit lower. I think Tennessee deserves to be number one at this point.
0: I like it. I'm looking forward to seeing Alabama ranked outside the top 10 because they couldn't get it done against the number one team on the road. So We'll see what happens with that one. Uh, George jumps in Duke minus nine and a half against Boston college. This one on Friday night. Uh, it's a quarterback out. How is BC going to put up numbers? Uh, oh, he said, if the BC quarterback is out, how is BC going to put up? Numbers? Is, is Dracovic out or your However you say it. I've said it 18 different ways since he's been there. Um, I've not seen an injury update on him. Um, But even when he was in, it's not like they could put up numbers. They put up three points on UConn. Uh, But that's the issue here. You also saw this team with Zay Flowers put up 34 points on a Louisville defense that just held Wake Forest to eight turnovers and, what, 21 total points. Just ridiculous. Like, these teams are so Jekyll and Hyde. Um, I would lean Duke because that's the more proven commodity at this point. And what are the odds that BC goes from scoring three points on UConn to, you know, being able to score multiple touchdowns against Duke? I don't foresee it happening, but Kyle, you know, I'll, I'll let you jump in here. What what do you think on this one?
2: I I haven't seen if uh, Yerkovich is is going to be out for sure or not, but uh, that definitely would matter. I, Boston College not a team I'm excited to bet no matter what. So uh, I'm not betting Boston College. The question is whether I would bet Duke or not. Uh, a lot of books have this up to ten. I mean, that's. Uh, yeah. Do you really want to lay double digits on the road with Duke either? I mean, I think this is a tough, tough game. I maybe, maybe under if uh, Djokovic is out. I don't know.
0: Yeah, the total is forty-seven there. I'm telling you this. If if he's announced as out, uh, that thing will go well beyond ten. Sure. Like it, it, this thing will be closer to thirteen or fourteen. Mike Oko's done a good job with the Blue Devils, uh, but there's still, you know, there's still some questions there. Eh, a little, little eh. Carlos jumps in. Q&A. Gary, what's your take on App State at Coastal Carolina Thursday night matchup? Uh, that one is sitting at App State minus three, and it's juiced at minus 115 at BetUS. The total sits at 64 on this. I am terrified of this game because my numbers have Coastal favored by 1.7 points, and and I don't like the matchup because I saw what App State did to Georgia State a couple weeks ago, and they just completely whipped. That team completely whipped Georgia State on the ground, and Coastal Carolina is like bottom ten in the country in rush defense. I don't think their guys can hang in this ball game. I, I do think that you know Grayson McCall is the better quarterback uh, than Chase Bryce, but Ab State, another one of those Jacqueline Hyde teams. I mean, this is a team that went on the road and lost by 12 uh, at Texas State. I mean, that is not a good football team, and yet. Here we are, you know, App State going on the road at Coastal. This is one that I would stay away from. Uh, Do with it what you will. My numbers have Coastal favored. I don't like the matchup, though. Kenneth Dalton jumps in. Uh, Arizona plus 17 and a half at Utah. Arizona, another backdoor. Hey, Parker, I'm going to toss this one over to you. What do you think about the Arizona backdoor covers here?
1: Um, it's my own fault. Uh, Utah's been playing hey, a little bit you. better here. <laughs> I was old I, that I <laughs> just, 17 is a lot, man. But that was, look, that was Saturday night in the desert. Things get weird Saturday night in the desert. I'm okay with that. Um, I have, this is about 16 for Utah. And I mean, Arizona's got the worst statistical defense, unadjusted and adjusted. Um, you could do whatever you want to it. It's real, real bad. But their offense has been kind of fun and they've been able to kind of move things. Mario Williams ended up not playing for USC or going out early. I think that game was actually broadcast only on satellite or something crazy. And so you couldn't get it. But uh, watching, you know, watching the box score, it looked like he wasn't playing. So that was kind of a bump that affected it as well. I'd be inclined to take Utah with a big lead at home. The way that Utah season's going, I really think they're trying to twist the knife uh, on teams, gear up for this run, uh, you know, to kind of uh, push for the postseason given that they've been you know, unsatisfying in a couple of plays, but um, they're 22nd in EPA per play offense and Arizona's 131st. So I think Utah will be able to bully them and do whatever they do. And the benefit is I think they won't play as fast as USC. And so fewer possessions, bigger margin, just because Arizona won't have as many chances to spam the ball to Jacob Cowing and catch up. I'd lean towards Utah at home here, but we got burned on a double-digit spread with Arizona, and I bet them on Three Dog Thursday last week or two weeks ago, and they they they, they cashed for me. So um, Arizona, they're they're not they're not quitting, and they're just chucking the ball, man.
0: Uh, hey, here's what I want to know about this game: Is Cam Rising going to play? Come on, Kyle Whittingham, help me out here. <laughs> I know uh, Petros, uh that does the FS1 games is real mad about that because they got zero warning. It, it's not like Anybody that follows me on Twitter, I was livid last Thursday night when he did not dress out for this game. He came out in warm-ups, went through reps, and then came out in like a yellow shirt holding a clipboard. And (laughs) just, what happened? How does this, how does the, and then there's been no update this week. Absolutely nothing. Like, just beyond frustrating. I still think that the backup is good enough to be able to cover 17 and a half. At home against Arizona, but Delora cowing, like you just said, Parker. Absolutely. Uh, moving along, we've got a few more here to hit. Uh, hey, Kyle Robert S., what are your thoughts on UTSA and UAB? This one's, uh, I believe, UTSA favored by one and a half, or is it down to one now? Um, and I do not see, huh. Uh, yeah, it's one, it's one UTSA by one on the road. Total of 53 on this, uh, Kyle, you, you got a thought here. I I'm a little bit out on UAB at this point.
2: And yeah, do we know if, uh, is Dylan Hopkins still out here
0: or there's been um, no update. Yeah, I, I think because hard. it's concussion, it'll be, uh, later in the week.
2: See, that's one of the problems with a lot of these as we're sitting here going, who's going to be the quarterback. And that's such a, so important. I, I wouldn't have even considered betting this game, uh, I uh, probably UTSA, slight lean, if anything.
0: Yeah, that would make sense. I mean, it's, that's such a weird game to try and bet right now. Like UAB at home is significantly better, but they've had a problem with turnovers too. Like just, ugh. Um, Robert jumps in. What are your thoughts on South Alabama versus Georgia Southern? Uh, Parker, you got a feel on South Alabama and Georgia Southern? Uh, that This is a team in Georgia Southern that really likes to cover as uh, as home underdogs for sure, uh, the line sits at four right now in favor of USA here, and uh, sixty and a half is the total. So, what you thinking?
1: I, I like Georgia Southern as a, as an underdog slightly. I have this closer to about three points, three and a half, so four there. You get a half point uh, overall. Georgia Southern's offense twenty third in EPA per play, uh, really balanced. Thirty first in the pass, twenty eighth in the rush. USA is 25th in EPA per pass defense, 7th in EPA per rush defense for a 10th overall defense. So, you've kind of got a best on best there situation that that's really fun to watch. Um the 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 difference is that USA Hasn't been great on offense, but they haven't been the complete disaster like Georgia Southern's defense has been. Georgia Southern 118th in EPA per play. So, um, again, on the merits, on the numbers, Georgia Southern at home, I like it slightly. But because their defense is so crazy, I don't know that it, I, that that's, again, explaining why it's not on my card, even if my numbers have it that way, is that defense is just so bad. I don't know if I can bet it as an underdog.
0: It does make sense. It does make, It's why I've stayed away from them, and yet they continue to cover. Calvin Treese doing his thing. Uh, William Herman jumps in middle Tennessee versus Louisiana tech. Uh, I looked really hard at this game, Kyle. I'm going to toss this one to you. Um, I don't know what to make of either one of these teams. <laughs> like I, I wanted to bet MTSU here um, because I don't know what's going on with the Louisiana tech quarterback situation. I think they're it, it's either the backup or the third string guy, and he might be better than what they had in there with, uh, with downing. So, I mean, Louisiana Tech loses to Florida International last week, and I still think they're pretty decent, especially at home. You uh, you got a feel on this
2: one? I'd bet the over if I was betting this game. It's, yeah, Louisiana Tech's and given a half. up they, yep. They've given up a bunch uh, to everybody, some massive plays. Uh, I remember the first game of the year when they made Missouri's offense look amazing. Uh, Louisiana Tech has made a lot of offenses look really good. Middle Tennessee is at least capable of those explosive plays, so over would be my lean in this game.
0: I like it. Uh, Parker, Mark Holmes jumps in, Syracuse and Pitt. Do we have thoughts? Is the shine off of uh, Q's here?
1: I think that Syracuse should be better than Pitt here. The thing is that, like, Pitt's defense is fine. Their offense is just so aggressively opposed to doing anything and moving the ball. And Pitt is a bounce, or excuse me, Syracuse is a bounce back here. Like they're obviously not as good as Clemson, but I think they could compete here. Um, you know, the biggest thing is that like Syracuse's defense has been really bad against the rush. They've been really good against the pass and Pitt just wants to run the ball. And so even if you could try and say like, Oh, maybe their defense matches up better. I, I have this as a toss up with Syracuse as a slight favorite, but Syracuse is 113th in EPA per rush. Pitt is 45th, and they're rushing 4.8% more than the average team. That's 98th. Um, I, I think Pitt's just going to run the ball early and often, and we're going to get a slow, sleepy game. And um, I just don't know that I trust Syracuse's run defense with the volume that they're going to see.
0: I could totally understand that. I'm in the same boat as you. I had this closer to a pick 'em, and with what Notre Dame did to them on the ground last week. Yikes. Uh, Mitch jumps in. What do you guys think about San Jose State? Are we, We're covering that tomorrow, aren't we? Tomorrow. Yeah, okay, never mind. We're, we're we're doing that tomorrow. William Herman jumps in Western Kentucky and Charlotte. Uh Kyle, uh, Charlotte last week, of course, they they fired the president of Club Lit and they come out and get a massive win, at score on I think seven straight drives or maybe eight straight drives uh touchdowns mm-hmm. and get a big win over Rice who had looked pretty good up until that point. It, what uh what do we see here? I mean, I think the number is 16 and a half. Um I don't, I don't know how much I trust Western Kentucky. This, this
2: is a tough one. I will say I'm happy that we got a question on one that there's not a quarterback injured in the game. It seems like, cause we were on a roll of about five in a row where one yeah. of the quarterbacks <laughs> was injured. Uh, situationally, I think I would want to take Western Kentucky because I don't think that Charlotte's actually going to prove to be good the rest of the way. I think that's one of those one game bumps, um, but I'm not excited to lay 16 and a half points with Western Kentucky either. I mean, I can't. I, I couldn't argue with anybody who said taking over It's 72 points, but you know who's getting stops in that game?
0: I I don't see anybody getting stops in that one, not at all. Uh, let's see, Arbone. Oh yeah, he asked about the Matt games. Um, let's see. Oh, Scotty. Uh, Scotty 5775 jumps in. Oklahoma State versus Kansas. This line kind of stinks. I think it's up to three and a half now. Um, Parker, what are you seeing with Oklahoma State? Now, obviously just got obliterated last week. But, I mean, my numbers, I thought this would be a perfect spot to, you know, catch Oklahoma State off the bounce back. You know, it didn't look great last week. They're going to want to play harder this week, et cetera. They got a lot of dudes injured right now. There's just who knows what to expect here. And Lance Leipold and that bunch at Kansas can scheme it up, man. And it doesn't matter whether Daniels is playing a quarterback or if it's Bean. Their misdirection, their all their pre-snap motion, everything that they're doing, completely confuses defenses, and they are able to get some cheap scores in these games. My number is closer to a freaking pick'em than it is to Oklahoma State favored by three and a half. I got I got nothing here. What what are you seeing on it?
1: Yeah, there's a lot of there's going to be a lot of situational betting here because like you certainly wouldn't expect the Mike Gundy team to be as bad as they were last week. Um, and there is an argument that Oklahoma State had some serious injuries and has had for a couple of weeks and kind of outplayed those injuries. And it finally caught out to them against Kansas State. And they just kind of folded after the first quarter and said, yep, we're pretty much done here. Um, I mean, you look at uh, Deuce Vaughn, 22 attempts, 7.2 yards per attempt against Oklahoma State. Devin Neal's not Deuce Vaughn, but they could still run and, and kind of punish up the middle. Um, you know, looking at at my numbers on this, I I do have Oklahoma state um, winning this by about five points on the merits. That's Kansas defense is still really bad. It's um, 55th in EPA uh, per play. Uh, But this Oklahoma state defense has been pretty bad too. 51st overall. And I think Kansas can punish them. So I'm really torn here because again, I think blind resume I'd be inclined to bet Kansas covering, but knowing that it's Mike Gundy, knowing that it's a bounce back after a really bad week, you're going to have some guys get healthier here. Um, if this was in Stillwater, I'd have no problem betting Oklahoma State, and so I'd still lean there. But again, I you're you're doing a lot of non-quantitative stuff to to find an edge on this one, and, and so that's kind of outside of my purview.
0: I I can understand that. I can understand that. Um, I mean, if if
1: Gavin Holmes for Baylor catches two balls, Oklahoma State has a terrible season, and the entire football yeah. is different. So like that's that's something we're going to think about. with Oklahoma State is like. They've actually been pretty bad this year um, and just gotten gotten some good breaks in some good spots.
0: Well, there's there's going to be a lot of games in the Big 12 that look like that. If, if one play had gone just a different direction, uh, this whole conference could be completely flipped on his head. Just unreal. Uh, Steve Lawrence Hill jumps in Illinois minus 15 and a half over the dumpster fire. That is Michigan State. Kyle. Um, I don't see that on our card for tomorrow, so we can go ahead and hit that one. Uh, Fifteen and a half. I I will tell you that personally, three of my numbers had Illinois by over 18 points in this spot, and I could not bet it. Uh, I don't trust Tommy DeVito enough to score that many points. I know that they just whipped Nebraska, but is Michigan state Nebraska bad? Like, is that, is that what Mel Tucker's bunch is? And they of course have a lot of distractions now with all the mess that happened at the end of that, uh, uh, Michigan game last week. I mean, good gracious, but I 15 and a half. Kyle, what, what do you think here?
2: Yeah. I mean, you wouldn't see me agreeing with Michigan and Jim Harbaugh very much, but what a ridiculous uh, showing there by Michigan state in the tunnel afterwards. I, I don't I mean, like- yeah. Hard to,
1: hard to disagree with. There's like, that's a pretty well documented
2: video. You're like, yeah. Oh, yeah, I, that's what happened. I'm just saying that somehow some of the Michigan State fans are like, well, he shouldn't have been back in the tunnel that early, you know, things like that. It's like, oh, come on. I mean, so that, that excuses that. It's just just crazy. Um, at Michigan State, I don't like the way their program is going at all right now. I, I would bet Illinois if I had to bet a side in this game. I, I like unders in Illinois games. This is pretty low, but I mean, Michigan State, is not going to score very many points here. Ryan Walters, amazing job. Uh, Chase Brown tremendous uh, lean Illinois and under
0: that thing's actually dropped to 15 now so the total is 43 and a half and now it's 15 um, and we had uh, somebody jumped in there and said Michigan oh Vincent jumped in the chat said Michigan State team total under uh, let me get out my trusty team total calculator here so our total is 43 and a half and our spread is 15 uh, yeah we're looking at Michigan State 14.25 points. So somewhere around 14 points, I would take a team total under. Kyle, you kind of feel the same way? I would, I would take under, yes. Yeah, I like that. Hey,
1: good, good for Mel Tucker for securing the bag and getting that
0: buyout, though. That's all you I got. That's my right.
1: thoughts about Michigan State. Good for him, man.
0: You got that right. Uh, Heath Harrelson, this is our last question for Q&A for today. Of course, reminder, be here again on Wednesday, 1 p.m. Eastern time. We do this every Tuesday and Wednesday, same time each week. In the chat, of course, uh, you guys are the show. You guys are fantastic. So this one is from Heath Harrelson. Question for Parker. Can Georgia Tech cover against Virginia Tech?
1: This is one like the Virginia game from last week where it's like, you know, I like the I like the sickos and I like the hey, you got, you know, watching every game. But I'm like, dude, I'm not going to make I'm not going to make fun of somebody if they say, hey, I don't want to subject myself to Georgia Tech versus Virginia Tech. I have them uh, 105th for Georgia Tech EPA per play margin 107th for Virginia Tech Georgia Tech's defense is much better than Virginia Tech's has played this year and Virginia Tech's offense is is just absolutely specializing in disastrous plays so um I, I again I I have both of these teams scoring under 17 points uh, Georgia Tech to cover if you believe it's going to be that low is it seems obvious one thing to watch though I, I mean special teams generally would favor Virginia Tech in this spot and Georgia Tech special teams have been disastrous at times It's been a little bit better after they've made the coaching change but neither team is excellent at anything and both teams are horrible at a lot of things let's go low let's go under let's go uh, underdog
0: to, to cover there I I like that especially because Jeff Sims has been running full speed at practice this week uh, coach came out and talked about it this morning. So it's something to pay attention to because it, it's been like, he didn't say that he's absolutely going to play on Saturday, but if he's running full speed of practice, I would guarantee that he's going to be back in the game this weekend. So cheers to them. All right, let's see. Da, 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 da. I don't think there's anything else we need to hit. Let's go on and do our picks recap for today. Here are our best bets for this slate of games. Parker, you can start us off, my friend.
1: Uh, a little Pac-12 uh, during the week. Washington minus four on Friday. Uh, and then I'm going to go UNC uh, by seven and a half. And Tennessee to keep it close against Georgia, nine and a half points.
0: I like it. I'm going to take North Carolina to cover seven and a half. I'm going to take Tulane minus seven and a half at the beat-up Tulsa uh, Green, not Green Wave. Uh, what is the Oh, the Hurricane. That's <laughs> Tulane's the Green Wave. Uh two-lane minus seven and a half, and I like Tennessee plus nine and a half to keep it close with Georgia as well. Kyle, what you got for us?
2: I like Air Force and Army under 40 and I like Tennessee and Georgia under 66. I also like that two-lane play, so I'm gonna put some pizza money
0: on that one. I like it. Gentlemen, what a fantastic, fantastic show. These Tuesday shows always get us revved up for the Wednesday one, and we have got a bunch of games that we're gonna hit on tomorrow. Hopefully everybody will join us back here at that time. Um Make sure I go through all the notes. Uh, anybody going to be on Three Dog Thursday this week? I don't think so. All right, so college football not represented this week. That's okay. That's okay. But you should still go check it out over on the Bet US TV main channel. Uh, very, very good stuff over there from our buddy TJ. Like the video for us on your way out the door. Subscribe to the channel if you've not already. That allows you to get into the chat each and every time out. And make sure that you share out the show. Tell your friends about us. We, uh, we want to see this thing continue growing. We have uh, grown quite a bit so far this year. We're not even quite to week 10, and we've got a long ways to go. We'll be here all through bowl season, national championship, and so on. It just continues. Uh, Jump in the comments. We want to know what your picks are for this week, so toss those in there. Even when the chat is done here, we would like to know what you guys are picking on the week. Any kind of information or intel that you get, toss it in there. We'll be checking that thing and replying as much as we possibly can. With that said, let's get out of here. For BetUS, where the game begins... God bless college football, and we'll see you all again tomorrow.